Tom Davidson's nine-year-old daughter loves the game of pickleball, and she really would like to have more kids out there playing. So Tom decided to start the Amateur Pickleball Association, which has a great tournament format to get kids into the game. And it also allows parents to spend time on the courts with their kids. So let's get to the intro to hear from Tom. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, Tom Davidson. How are you doing today, Tom? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. I definitely want to talk about the APA today, which some people may not know what that is or what that stands for, but we will definitely get into that. But first, I do like to start off with your pickleball journey how you got involved in the sport and how long ago that was. Yeah. So my background is in a completely different sport. It's in baseball. I started a company in 2006 to do youth high school age travel baseball tournaments around the country at NCAA division one baseball fields, which kind of comes into play on the APA side here in a little bit, but I've done that since 2006 and I've now got Two little ones. I've got a six-year-old son and a, an almost nine-year-old daughter here in about a week. And uh, a few years back, they started to, my daughter started to play tennis when she was four. So we got into the tennis circuit and our new neighborhood started picking up pickleball courts. And we're a part of a, a club here in Indianapolis that does a lot of racket sports and golf and such. So I started playing pickleball when we joined this club in I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago where we're at now it's, you know, 22 degrees outside. So I play a lot of paddle tennis. We'll venture inside and, and get back outside when it's warmer to play pickle. So now both of my kids, six and almost nine will play pickleball because they like the sound of pickleball more than tennis. So that's how we got into pickleball. So about a year and a half ago, we started to develop a, this APA idea and using the same sort of setup that we did with our baseball company. And using NCAA Division I varsity tennis courts instead of baseball fields and looking to drive the the growth of pickleball into the youth space because the biggest problem we have right now for my family is my son, daughter, my wife and I are the only ones that are playing pickleball that have kids involved. So our community has a lot of pickleball courts, but as it's mostly older folks and my daughter doesn't have anybody to play with. So we're, we want to make sure we focus on that and try to drive some of the youth. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions about that. And the first one I'm actually really curious about is you mentioned that your kids like the sound of pickleball better than tennis. So that's why they play it. I mean, there's a lot of talk in, in pickleball about you know, some people like the sound, some people don't, and then that draws people in or, or whatnot. But I, I never thought about it being the choice point for the kids. Yeah, I think they think the sound is really cool. They like to hear that. I know most tennis enthusiasts are not big fans of it, especially if they're playing tennis and pickleball is going on at the same time. I know in our community, you can hear pickleball when we walk outside of our offices. You can hear pickle throughout the community and my kids love it. They will go, I want to go see who's playing. Let's go watch. And it's, I think they like the drive of that sound that the pickleball makes. And my daughter specifically, anytime she hears it, turns her head and that's what she focuses on. She wants to go see who's playing to see if there's any kids playing that she can jump in and play with. 
So she doesn't at this point like the idea of playing with adults? I think she does when it's with us. She's an uber competitive athlete. So everything she does, whether it's soccer or tennis or pickleball or something like that, she is very energized to win. There is no, there's no second option for her right now. So she does like to play or just play in general. But I mean, I think any kids that age would much rather play with other kids their age. My son doesn't care. He's going to play with whoever's playing. And a lot of this started in our driveway. We just, when COVID hit, everything we did moved to our driveway. So we were the only people they could play with. Our neighbors aren't into tennis or racket sports at all. So they, pickleball is not exciting for them. But yeah, my daughter would, she would rather play with kids her age than adults. But if it's adults, she is relentless. She will do everything she can to win. Well, it sounds like you've got the making of a top athlete there because certainly that drive is beneficial as she moves on. But let me ask, why are so few kids playing so far? I think that's that's something that we're trying to to really locate and help with on the APA side. My partner is Daniel Pete, and he has been charged with with trying to figure that out. I think it's when you grow up, there's so much stability in the tennis space and or baseball or basketball, things like that, because they've been around for so long and they have this structure that is built from the ground up with baseball. Little league is what you go through first. You go to T-ball, you go to little league, you go to high school baseball, and then you go to college. All those things have already been there for so long. The structure's in place where with pickleball, it's just not quite old enough yet in that space for them to build it up. I think a lot of things that would help would be more of the socialized pickleball events where mom and dad can come to an event and participate with their son or daughter. And there's instruction. So the other sports that you see, it's, I mean, you can take private lessons from a million people for baseball or softball or tennis, finding private instruction for pickleball and finding the location in in an area where you can actually go get the instruction and have camps and things like that. It just, I don't think it's hit that peak yet or, or it's starting to get there, but we just don't have the access that everybody else has. Our neighborhood is only five years old and we were the first neighborhood with pickleball courts. They're, they're standalone pickleball courts. It's not, they're not portable. That's set up on a tennis court like you'll see in most places. And so I, I think it's catching on. It's coming around. In Indianapolis, one of um, my baseball connections, it was the former head coach of Butler University, the former baseball head coach there. He was there for 20-something years. His name's Steve Farley. He actually, when he left baseball, he's a huge pickleball guy now. He's a part of the, I think, the Indianapolis Pickleball Club. And when he got into pickleball was way before I realized what pickleball was truly all about. When I started playing, it was not a whole lot of dinking going on. It was just you're out there with your tennis skills and you're wailing away and all that stuff. And we've followed his activities and taken some of that to look at and you know review and teach to my kids with it. So I just think it's a matter of access and how many opportunities you have to compete in that stuff. So you've mentioned, and I have mentioned also the APA a couple times. What does that stand for and why did you choose that name? Yeah, so APA is the Amateur Pickleball Association. And I think when we were doing this, we weren't driving towards the older age divisions or professional pickleball people 
or individuals like that. We truly wanted to keep this amateur similar to what we do in the baseball space. So everything we do has an amateur status with the NCAA and this with Pickleball, Amateur Pickleball Association, we wanted to keep the same thing and make sure we had a focus on the right group as far as not all of our events are about elimination format brackets. A lot of it is more of a social experience. Like I think I referred to it a couple of times as a pickleball fest. I know there's a couple of variations to that out there, but for me, getting my kids into events like this, they wanted to socialize with other kids. So Part of the growth strategy that we have in place is if we have the opportunity to do these events that are open events and they're not necessarily elimination events where an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old is going to go out and play and maybe they get beat two or three times and then they just, they drop the sport because it's just the negativity that surrounds getting beat so much. This is more of a, our formatting is different. So they get to play with different People during doubles play and through the matches and things like that, there's certainly an elimination aspect, but it's a positive elimination. You get eliminated from this direction, you go to the back draw and you get to play with two or three new people with the goal of now we've introduced you at one event to 11 or 12 different participants that you can now build out in your area and you can schedule pickleball matches with them. So I think the the reason behind the name of that is to really drive the amateur growth of it. I don't know that we need pros in our events. They're, they're not built for professionals and things like that. So we really want to get the casual pickleball player, someone that does like to compete because we do have some state and national events that we'll put up on our board. But you know, a lot of this is just about positively growing the sport and the, the younger age division. So the APA has essentially three three divisions of play. So we will do the junior pickleball division, which is eight to 18-year-old participants. There's a collegiate series, which is open to current college students. Those are That's a big focus that we're having with a lot of the universities that we utilize, whether it's their intramural program or pickleball clubs that are associated with the university. And then an open division. The open division is essentially for anybody. And we separate those divisions by skill level instead of age. Obviously, when we do these events, we want common skill levels to be playing with or against each other. But the intent of some of that open division is like thinking of me personally or Daniel, my partner, is we have young kids. How many times as a parent do you drive to something and you sit for an hour or two hours while your kid participates? I want to be able to participate with them in some of these events. So the open division. I can go play and I can watch my daughter play pickleball and then I get a play and then maybe we get a play together. So we just, we wanted to be more of a family friendly atmosphere and not just competition. I love that idea. Now, will all three, for each tournament, will you have all three divisions or will it just depend on the tournament? No, all of them, they, yeah, we do have them all at each event. So a lot of the focus that we'll have in the formatting is we'll open up a lot of these events on, on Saturday morning with a clinic session. So we'll basically hire or bring in a pro and somebody that can come out and do clinic with the, the youngsters that or new participants that are involved. So we'll take about an hour or so to run through. These are the basics of pickleball. So we're teaching this as a an instructional piece, a part of the clinic. So everybody knows my daughter can go out there and she knows how to play pickleball, but she may not know some of the concepts. Like she doesn't know that if you're, you know, dinking is going to be a little better if you're in this position or that position. So we want to have that clinic atmosphere. 
So a lot of the junior participants will take place earlier in the mornings and then the collegiate series will jump in midway and take place for the, the better part of the afternoon. And then the open series will come in later in the afternoon to fill out the rest of the day. So some of the current formats will have doubles play all day on Saturday, and then we'll have a lot of the singles play or play with the pro or something like that on Sundays. Now, do kids have to know how to play pickleball to participate? No, I think that's part of the clinic atmosphere. And we pulled that thought from my six-year-old son. And he's played soccer for two years before he really understood what soccer was about. He would just go kick the ball as hard as he can and run and chase it down. And the same thing applied with tennis or pickleball. He was there just to hit the ball as hard as he can. So we wanted to have that clinic atmosphere. So if anybody new comes in, or maybe it's dad's a big pickleballer. He wants to get his son out there similar to myself and that, hey, let's go out and do this together so you can learn how to play. Let's see how much fun we can have. And then, so no, no background experience necessary for the doubles play with our format. We did get a lot of questions on, I don't have a partner, so I'm only going to do singles. We don't need any partners. You know, If you don't have a partner, you can still come out and play because our format We want you to play with different people as often as possible, especially on the junior side and possibly even on the collegiate series side, because that's how I think we're going to grow the exposure for these youngsters and make sure they have people of their own age to play with. I know that's important to my daughter. And if it's important to her, it's, it certainly has to be important to a lot of other junior participants. I can definitely see how your kids have actually had a lot of influence on setting this up. And that's great to have that feedback from them. Now, I think a lot of people after they hear this podcast are really going to be interested in these tournaments. Where are they being held? So everything, all of our events are posted online at apatournaments.com. So, but we use the same platform that I did with our our baseball company and we use NCAA division one tennis facilities around the country for the vast majority of our events. So if you go on there right now, you'll find events at University of Southern California. That, that's our first event for 2022 coming up in March. So USC is a host venue, Wichita State, TCU in, in Texas, Xavier University, which is in Cincinnati, Lehigh University. So there are, we probably have six or eight venues up there right now, but you'll see, I don't know, probably 12 to 15 venues pop up over the next two weeks, whether it's a Florida State or University of Louisville or the University of Michigan. So we're using those big division one venues because for me on the other sports side, on the baseball side, we use those college venues for our baseball tournaments. And it's an experience that the players will talk about for 10 or 15 years. We're hoping that has the same outcome for these youngsters. If we can get them on a college campus and talk about academics and things like that, they can go see how big of a college campus is. Or for me, I'm going to take my kids to one of these events where I used to go to school and we can go walk around campus. And it's that fun atmosphere. There's nothing quite like college. And I think the same holds true for those college venues. It's a really beautiful venue in most of these cases. And we're bringing in portable nets and lines and things like that. But, you know, that college experience is just really cool for kids. I know when my daughter goes to Indiana University for me or Butler University, just being on campus for her, she's, I mean, she's in awe. So if she can go participate and play pickleball on one of those tennis courts, I mean, you hope that kind of lights a fire and a drive for them to be academically successful as well as at 
athletically successful as well. It definitely sounds like a great tournament series. And I'm wondering, how are you getting the word out? Because I have to be honest. I mean, I admit, I there's so many things going on in pickleball now, and I don't necessarily hear all about them. But Daniel happened to reach out to me to get some of the tournaments listed on the Pickleball Fire website. But how are you able to bring in the people to the tournament since you are a relatively new organization? <clears throat> Yeah, so one of our primary focuses on this has it's been towards driving that younger demographic into the participation of these. So at each of our events, whether it's at USC or Xavier or Florida State or TCU, we have essentially partnered with a lot of the local pickleball clubs there. We want to have them be basically free sponsors of these events where, you know, our goal is to make a donation back to those pickleball clubs that are a part of that community. Because when if we do happen to bring in 16 new junior participants that have never played pickleball before, but we're only at USC once a year or twice a year, we're really doing them a disservice if we don't have the opportunity to hand them off to a local pickleball club or someone that's playing pickleball. So we wanted to tie in with a lot of the local pickleball clubs. So any of our participants now have the avenue to go and play regularly, whether it's a, a competitive event with somebody at those pickleball clubs or just a socialized event. So we've done that. So we've connected with a lot of the local pickleball clubs. We've, we'll start to market a lot of our events on the websites that most people are looking at, whether it's pickleballtournaments.com or avenues like that. But a lot of it's social media driven and partner driven. We've started to work with a number of partners that are really guiding us through how we get the word out and who we communicate. The collegiate series depends heavily on current college students and the intramural programs at those universities. And we expect that series to grow a little quicker than maybe even the junior side does because we can we have a lot of avenues that we can explore, whether it's university versus university play or co-ed play, things like that, that are just really interesting. We think this is it's just a cool thing for us to do. And it really gets us excited to be a part of it for sure. Now, we haven't talked much about the collegiate participation. Are there many inter intramural pickleball programs? As we dive into some of these venues, that there are. I think there's they're picking up pretty quickly. I think that's where a lot of our attendance will typically come from. And I think a part of that is whether it's the Greek body or the competitive side of intramural sports at university. I think that's going to drive a lot of those participants to come out and at least be a part of it. And I think that's where part of our model is to have that almost a festival scene with that, whether we have vendors on site and food and drinks and food truck type of thing. We want to we want to make it an event for them to be a part of so they can socialize and get to know other people and generate their own pickleball game as we leave. Again, we're we can't host at a USC 24 times a year and give everybody the opportunity to play every couple of weeks. So we want to make sure that we connect, whether it's the collegiate series or the junior participants to local pickleball clubs and groups and make sure they have a place to play when we're gone. I think you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you are going to have some state and national events. Can you tell us a bit about those? Yeah, so those will have a different format. We've started to post these just recently. I know with our we have our Virginia State Championships at Liberty University, our Texas State Championships will be at TCU, and then we'll start to release Ohio and Indiana and the rest of our states here gradually. But 
those are more of your true pickleball format, your elimination format. It's not friendly round robin format. We have the modified round robin for our other events. These are your true tournament formats. Any of the state championship events will automatically qualify for the nationals for the the participants that are in the finals. So we're building that out now. We should have almost our full slate of it posted by the end of January. So our events will, and we'll run into this every year, our events will post a little later than some of the other pickleball groups because we're relying on those NCAA Division One tennis facilities and a lot of those schedules don't come out until January 1. So you'll see a common theme year after year. Well, January 1 is when we really kick off all of our events and start posting them for the, the following spring and summer. And since we're using those venues, a lot of times we're going to, we won't start hosting our events until March or April We'll have a heavy number of events coming in June, July, and August during the summer. And then our fall schedule will come out in the middle of the summer based on when, you know, those tennis camps and competitions are taking place on the university facilities. So then are some of the events USA sanctioned? We have discussed sanctioning with a USAP. We're still in that conversation now and as to whether it makes sense for us to sanction all of those regular events since they are more of a clinic and social event and not so much the full tournament, you know, elimination style. So we're still riding down that road to figure out what the best avenue to take is. I think as we communicate with a number of our partners and people that we've talked to, whether it's one of the the event hosts or other pickleball players that we've, we've talk to as well. I just, we want to make sure that it's the best setup for all of our participants as well as our events themselves. And and we have a firm believer of if we're going to partner with somebody, we want to make sure it's worth their while as well. And we will follow the USA pickleball guidelines as far as play goes and things like that. So we're working towards that for sure. Now, are some of the tournaments that you mentioned, like the Texas State Championship at TCU, actually TCU is my alma mater. Now, is that one that actually is uh, USA Pickleball sanctioned? We have not posted any of the sanctioning confirmations yet. Once we get to that point with USA Pickleball, then we'll post those on there. So currently, no, it is just part of our our event schedule. So it's just it has a different format on there than our other events, where it's the, a true elimination style. Every division is based on skill level, whether it's the junior division, collegiate series, or open divisions. Uh, so we'll have a national event for each of those divisions that take place as well. So, Okay. And so that national event will be the Amateur Pickleball Association national event. Correct. Yep. All right. Well, this has been great. I, I really love the format. I love everything that you're doing, just the idea of an uh, adult being able to go to a tournament and watch their child play and then they play themselves. I think that would be very enticing to many pickleball fanatics. Is there anything else that we should know about the APA? No, I think if you guys want to jump on and take a look, it's everything is online at apatournaments.com and we'll continue to update the website. But we're going we're gonna to see how different formats alter how people play. And we want to make sure that everybody has a good time while they're at those events. And again, our primary focus is to drive that, that youth side of it and get the, those younger ages involved and make sure everybody has access to, to play the game. All right. Well, Tom, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking about all this today. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. 
Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.